Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. And today I get to introduce you to a world-renowned keynote speaker, author, thought leader, performance coach, and more importantly, a really good friend and mentor, Ben Newman. Ben has been a mentor in my life. When I think about the people who've opened doors in my professional life, there are fewer that have created more opportunity in my life than Ben Newman, both personally and professionally. Uh, Ben is married to Amy. They have two children, Isaac and Kennedy. Uh, Ben is a man of faith. He is a gifted speaker. He's an incredible thought leader. And he's going to unpack some information in this episode that will undoubtedly help you tap into your purpose, your habits, and your daily routine. Uh, This guy is the most disciplined person that I've ever met. In fact, today he is on 467 days in a row with no breaks of grueling workouts. He wakes up at 2.44 a.m. And these are just two of the crazy things that Ben does to set himself apart from the competition. It is with great pride that I introduce you to our guest, Ben Newman. I am with uh, my dear friend and mentor, a man that many know, and if you know me, uh, you likely know Ben because I talk about him often. Uh, We're with Ben Newman, performance coach, keynote speaker out of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, But I identify with him as just a close friend and someone who's taught me a lot. When I was reflecting on my relationship with Ben and I was preparing for this time together, you know, Ben, I was thinking about uh, you have created so many firsts in my life. You know, um, my first ever Major League Baseball game uh, I went to with you. And that's because you grew up in Iowa. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You're like, why did it take you so damn long? What the hell? Uh, and it was a World Series game, right? Remember that? Yeah. I mean, it was like first baseline, World Series, uh, game five. I'll never forget that. Uh, I got to throw out a first pitch at a, at a separate game, Bush Stadium, with you. You created that opportunity. Uh, my first ever speaking gig was because of you in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I took on my first coaching client because of a conversation that we have when I was sitting on my back porch, uh, which led to my first real business that I ever started. So, you know, when I look back at my life, I think about these key figures and people who opened doors and created opportunity. And you're one of those people that I'll uh, forever be grateful for because you created so much of that opportunity for me. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, and this isn't about me and the opportunity I've created. This is about you. And, uh, Anybody who's listening at this point, because again, a lot of our audience knows you, knows your story. They're familiar with the prize fighter day. They're familiar with the unrequired work. They're familiar with, you know, your work with professional athletes and high level business leaders. What not everyone knows is your backstory and the little things that you've done each and every day to set yourself apart. And I've got to see that. I've had a front row seat to that, uh, but not everybody has. And so, If you're willing, I'd love for you to speak to some of the little things that you've done over and over and over. Today was 476 days of a a kick-ass workout. I know it wasn't a normal workout. It was like a really ridiculously intense workout. 476 days straight, but that's just like one of many things that you've done over and over and over. So speak to that, would you? Well, before I do, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's you know, it should almost be embarrassing for the two of us that it's taken us so long with our busy schedules to to be on each other's shows. And so I, I just want to say I'm so proud of you 
for how you show up. And I, I know I will answer the questions because I'm the guest on your show, but I am so proud of you because so many people will reach out when they want to get into speaking and coaching. And it, 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 I, I, I wouldn't want to say it's like a fad business, right? But it's like the popular thing. People want to speak. And so people will call and I'll, I'll give guidance. I'll say, well, try this, we'll try that. And you've always had a willingness to check your ego and to go to work with a connection to the deep-rooted reason why you want to do it, which is to serve others. And that's why you have had all of these first. It's nothing that I did. I just knew I had confidence in your ability to do a great job. And so to me, that's the cool thing. And I, I hope everybody listening who's maybe struggling with, gosh, do I go all in? Do I just dabble my foot? No, go all in. And a lot of the things that I've shared are things that I was blessed to learn from John Gordon and, and my coaches and individuals who have helped me in my life. And that's really the blessing, right? If I can share some of the mistakes that I made so that you don't make them, then totally. you know, essentially we kind of get to impact more, more people together. And for me, that, that's really what I'm all about. And you know that. So it's the, it's the consistency, it's discipline, and I, I would share three words that are very important to me that, that I really would say these for everybody is be the example. And so the desire to be the example is why I've done this workout 476 straight days. It's why I'm, I'm very uh, on point with my nutrition. It's why I read as much as I do. It's why I'm intentional with my family time. It's because I want to be an example for those that I'm working with. If you were to start this and say, Ben, okay, man, I know you got a great morning routine. How was your morning today? And I'd say, Jordan, it was awesome. I literally, I decided to stop doing the unrequired. I, can't, <laughs> I canceled my morning calls. And I, told, I, I asked my wife to take the kids to school because I wanted to sleep in. And then I made the fattest stack of pancakes you ever saw with extra butter and maple syrup. But hey, brother, I'm here to be on your show. You'd be like, wait, wait a second, like, you're going to talk to me about accountability and discipline. So I share that in a loving, fun way because we don't have to take ourselves too serious, but identify the things based upon your life where you are to be the example. So whether it's, I want to be the best example for my kids to be great students, to be great athletes. If you're working in sports like I do, be a great example when you step in front of a room that you're going to be fit and in shape. If you're going to talk to somebody about accountability, you better not be 75 pounds overweight and just had donuts for breakfast. I mean, those players, you know, business owners, are they going to listen to you if you're actually not disciplined, but you can just talk about discipline. And so I think for all of us, I would just encourage you think, who are you an example for? Who are you an example? If it's for your kids, like how can you be the best example because what I learned from my mom at such a young age, watching her battle amyloidosis, is that she was such an amazing leader, but I watched all of it. And because I watched her intentionality, it's why I show up today to want to make the most of every day. So I want to uh, touch on something that you just mentioned. And, and really part of what you were talking about there was feedback. You know, feedback that you've received from other mentors and how that shaped your journey. Uh, you have given me some of the most candid feedback. I mean, if anybody in my life, some of like the most candid conversation I've had, just totally packed with truth where I'm like, did he just say that? And every time I walk away being like, man, okay, that was hard to hear. And it was exactly what I needed. You know, we, we say feedback's the breakfast of champions. I know that you're big on feedback. You're big on being candid, on speaking the truth. Can you talk about how that shaped uh, your, your journey? 
Oh, first off, I, I would say, you know, if you're mentoring somebody or you're receiving advice from a mentor, a friend, a coach, number one, you have to have a relationship, right? I couldn't, I couldn't challenge you to be your best in the ways that I have if you and I didn't have a relationship, right? So I know your heart. I, I've seen your heart change over the years, which has been amazing now having three beautiful girls and Ashley in your life. So I've seen that change. I've seen that development. We have a relationship. So I can say to you, hey, Jordan, you might be pissed off at me, but we got to have a real conversation. But I know that you're going to take action because that's what you do. And that's what I learned from John Gordon. John Gordon, who, you know, led me to Christ in 2008. You know, you talk about first. I mean, how you ex expressed our relationship, which is very humbling to hear, very much for me, that was John Gordon, you know, encouraging me to write books and to do these things and to, to leave a life that was comfortable where I was making a great income and, and having an impact. And so I, I think real relationships is important to then be able to give that real feedback. And John did that with me. So I figured if he did it with me and worked, and you see somebody like Jordan who cares enough, who's willing to take it and he can handle it, then we have to be truthful. Because if I hang up the phone and I hear you say something and I don't share what's really on my heart, for those of you listening, how many times have you done that? You have a friend and you're like, oh man. And so I would encourage everybody, say what's on your gut. And if it's really challenging, ask for permission. And I've done that with you. I've been like, hey, do I have your permission to really be direct? And you always totally. say, absolutely. But I ask for permission. I don't verbally attack you or act like I know everything. Shoot, I've got two coaches. I've got mentors. I'm on my 31st book of the year. Like, I'm far from figuring it out. But if there's something that I think can benefit you, I don't want to hold back because that's doing a disservice to you. And far too often we receive the feedback where it's like, oh, Jordan, you're amazing. You're doing great. And you are amazing. I, I, I've told you the number of talks that, that you do for times that I'm unable to make it because I'm already booked on that date. Anytime I refer in Jordan Montgomery for coaching or speaking, like, I'm afraid they're never going to call me again because Jordan's going to go in there and kill it. So, you know, for me, it's like you take the action. So I think we have to in our relationships just give honest feedback because that, that's, that's the proof of a real relationship. One thing that you said, uh, Ben, was about, you know, just using honesty and candor to create real change. And, and I, I want to touch on that. I want people to know this about you that the, the feedback you've given me has been packed with belief, you know? And I think sometimes if you really believe in someone, then you're not always going to accept the current version of who they are. And I felt that from you, right? It's like, Hey, it's not that like you're bad. It's not that you're not good enough. It's not that you're wrong. It's just, I, I expect more out of you because I believe in you. And so I'm thankful that you've done that for me. Um, of all the things you've given me, the, the one thing that um, really stands out then that you've given me is confidence. So you've opened doors, you've created some opportunities, but of all the things you've given me as a mentor, you've given me great confidence. Uh, most people would uh, call Ben Newman a very confident person, <laughs> but I know you've worked at that. Like I know there's an art to that, right? And, and you've had to work really hard at becoming who you are today. Um, tell us where that comes from. Where, is the, where does your confidence and clarity come from? Well, first off, before, before I answer that question, I, I think it's important that we say with, with you, I have confidence in you. I believe in you because of your great abilities, right? So it makes me want to pour into you. And I think this is an important point, maybe answering the question the way you didn't think that I would. 
But, you know, a lot of people don't do that because they feel threatened. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Jordan Montgomery, like, isn't that your competition? Like, well, he's a coach and he's doing work in sports and he's doing work in business. Wait, wait a second. Like, couldn't he be a speaker at an event? That you, and I would encourage everybody, if you're living your life that way, you got to move to a mindset of abundance. You know, John Gordon poured into me and John Gordon could have easily been like, whoa, wait, man, like you're, you're competition to me. Like you're going to write books and do these things. I'm not going to help you. And so I think we have to live a life of abundance. And so for me, a lot of my confidence comes from the fact that I've been on a journey where I've screwed up a lot. I've been able to fix those things. And a lot of the confidence does come from once I fix it and I can share it with you. Like I, I've shared this with you before. And I, I know people are probably like, is he interviewing Jordan or is Jordan interviewing him? And you guys just need to realize this is the way our conversations go. We feed off of each other is that, you know, for you, you, where you are right now in your business, you are there so much faster than I was. And I hope that I've been able to share mistakes that I made so that you don't make them. You don't spend money in areas where I've spent money. You don't make the silly mistakes. And John Gordon said the same for me one time. He said, you know, Ben, he's like, I'm really excited that when I share stuff and you take action, you're further along than I was at that stage in the business. So to me, if it becomes this chain where we have confidence because we're just serving others and we're testing things and we know they're going to work, that's where confidence comes from. So John Gordon says, hey, Ben, try this. And I try it. And then I'm like, all right, John, you better keep doing it too, because I need your example to be so big that I'm never going to catch you. And then for you to go, Ben, keep going, keep going, because I hope I never catch you. But if I'm going faster than John ever did, and you're going faster than I ever did to me, that's a beautiful thing. And I would just encourage everybody to think about, I know that might be different than people have heard it in the past, but you're gonna, your confidence is going to come from screwing up, fixing it, and then oftentimes sharing it so that other people can test it. And then a lot of it just comes from the excitement and enthusiasm, like, I kind of know some of this stuff works. So if it works, I'm just going to have fun sharing it with people so that they can have some victories too. One of the things that you've shared with me that's always stuck is you said, have a mentor that you can never catch. And that's powerful. More people need to, to hear that. And it's true, right? Like if you're going faster than me and John's going faster than you, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know? So have a mentor that you can never catch. Um, I, and, a lot of, and a lot of that comes from, just for clarity and people hearing that, is that I've been doing this, what, seven or eight years longer than you, right? So I'm going to stop working on me if you ever catch me. So it doesn't mean I'm a better speaker than Jordan. I'm a better coach than Jordan. No, I've just got seven to eight years of showing up doing what I said I was going to do. John Gordon's got 12, 13 years showing up, doing what he said he wants to do. And the beauty is, is the people you're now doing this for, how it just becomes this immeasurable impact over time. <clears throat> well, I appreciate uh, just the, the ways that you've poured into me. I mean, it's uh, been such a blessing to, to me, to Ashley. Um, and I, I want to go deeper with you on clarity because that's the other thing you've helped me with, Ben. It's not just confidence, but it's clarity. And people need to know this about our relationship. I just, I'll pull back the curtain here. The, the amount of times we've had a conversation where you've said no, right? I'll say, hey, do you want to do this? You're like, nope. <laughs> or, you know, I think this is really a, a great idea. Don't you think so? And you say, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, you, you know, so there's all this stuff that you do, which is really impressive, but it's actually the stuff that you don't do that I think makes you really impressive. And so 
you, you are crystal clear. You have no problem saying no. And I think that's one area where a lot of people struggle is just the ability to say no. Um, where, where does that clarity come from in, in you? And, and how do you think about the word no and how it ultimately shapes your journey? Well, you know, essentially, it's something that I've struggled with for a long time, right? I mean, going back to your, your saying of peeling back the curtain, you know, that's something that I struggled with. I wanted to please everybody. I wanted to always say yes. I didn't want to say no. And I've got a big helping heart. But you realize, like, at some point in time, there's only so much time in the day. And I want my family time. I, I want to be able to serve, but I also want to spend time with my family and be totally active and present when I do that. So for me, one of the things that, that I think about when it comes to saying no is a conversation that I had with a good buddy of mine named Josh Metcalf. And uh, he's another great author. He wrote a book called Pound the Stone. And, and, and let me just share a little side note. You know, people say, oh, Pound the Stone at Kansas State. What an amazing motto. Like Josh Metcalf, my friend, gave us permission to use that with the team, right? So don't feel like you always have to create your own thing. You know, sometimes you go and you have these relationships with people. And I was like, Josh, like, would it be okay if we did this? He's like, dude, absolutely. And, you know, then the university bought books for the players. And so a lot of times, you know, feel, feel free to have the conversations. You don't have to create on your own, but go partner. So I almost feel like Josh is with me every time I say pound the stone, which is a really cool thing. But he encouraged me. We were in San Diego and he picked me up to take me to the airport. He had a tight schedule, but he's like, brother, we got to catch each other. And so we were going, and he's like, how are things going? What are you working on? What are you doing? And he's like, dude, you got a problem. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean? And he's like, man, you need to learn how to say no. And I was like, oh, okay, tell me more. And similar to you, I'm coachable, right? I wouldn't have two coaches if I wouldn't coach. But I said, well, what do you mean? He's like, man, he's like, you're going to burn yourself out. Like, I, I get it. You, you want to help in all situations, but you have got to create a way where you can say no, and you can do that by still having an impact. And I'll never forget when I did my business plan for that next year, I wrote down honor the brand and get paid to say no. And so what we've now done, which is why you've done all these speaking engagements to help us when we needed help because we had dates is now, if somebody calls and I can't do something, I'd say, oh my gosh, I'd love to come to your event. I don't have the ability to do that, but Jordan Montgomery would be amazing for your event. So because Josh challenged me to have the power to say no, it doesn't mean you're saying no, and we have yet, and you better not ever have this happen, we have yet to you know, have you help us where we needed help on a speaking engagement, have somebody go, don't ever send that guy again, right? So it's <laughs> like, we have, the, we have these trusting relationships where it works great, and now we can say no with the confidence of knowing, like we have a team. Like, I still want to help you. We're going to find a way to help. And even with Jeremy Patty, I know you, you help us with coaching as well. In addition to all the stuff you do with your own company, I appreciate you still helping us. You know, Jeremy's helped us. We have eight coaches that we have relationships with so that we don't have to say no. And so I would say to everybody, you know, watching, like you, when you say that I say no, I say no, but we found a way to still make it a yes so that we don't lose the opportunity to impact. I want everybody to catch that again. You know, Ben, one thing that you just shared there, you said, we, we've said no, but we found a way to make it a yes. You know, and so many people need to hear that because I think we say yes to things thinking that we're helping or we're serving or we're adding impact. And actually what it is, is it's the path of least resistance. It's the thing that's easy to say yes to instead of doing the difficult work. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the difficult work because you've worked your ass off at some things 
I think most people think, well, this guy just, you know, he coaches with guys like Saban and Carson Wentz and all these professional athletes. And it must just be this, this thing for Ben where he sort of stumbled into it. But like some of these relationships you've developed over years and years and years of energy and effort. And one of the, pe- one of the things that people don't understand about Ben Newman is how much time, effort, and energy has gone into walking through certain doors. One of your unique abilities, one of your super powers for sure is your ability to build a relationship with the right people. And I've watched you over and over and over again and like just blows me away. And, and not enough people get to see that. Uh, if you were to give our listeners like one or two things to think about related to building relationships with high-level thinkers, achievers, mentors, coaches, what do they need to be thinking about to be in that circle and to build those relationships? Yeah, so <clears throat> I... I... I don't think people spend enough time making themselves unique or identifying how can I be unique in this situation. So I was actually, it's funny, I was having a coaching call this morning with a company and I'm doing some work with and to just keep things confidential, two companies developing essentially the same product, right? And one is like one of the highest level technology firms in the world, okay? So that's their competition. And essentially, I looked at the product they're developing, and I asked them the question, what makes you unique compared to this product? And there was no answer. They were literally the same. The huge company offered it for free, and they were charging $2.99 a month. And I said, wait a second. I said, how do you plan on competing with this company that's one of the wealthiest companies in the world when it's the same? And I said, your product is amazing. There's no doubting that but how can we identify ways for your product to be unique? So they may say, wow, it's similar, but this product is different. And I think for all of us, sometimes we have to slow ourselves down and make sure that the things that we're excited about highlight the areas where we're unique. So for me, one of the things when it comes to, you know, prospecting and business development, you know, there's lots of speakers, there's lots of coaches. And I always joke with people, I say, who would be the toughest college football coach in America to get in front of? And people say, oh, you know, Nick Saban. Everybody says Nick Saban. I'm like, okay, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. And now people know my punchline, but when I used to tell the story, they didn't know I was going with it. It's okay. Let me, let me give you an example. Nick Saban. I said, all right. So Nick Saban in a press conference after winning the national championship about eight years ago, he essentially says to a reporter who said, when are you going to plan for next year? And he says, tonight. And the reporter says, tonight, Coach Saban, like you just won the national championship. What do you mean tonight? And Saban essentially says, you don't understand me. When I do something, I do it better than anybody else. If I were a street sweeper, there'd be a sign out in front of my house that says the best street sweeper in the world lives right here. Well, I had always had this I am statement that I am working for the Alabama football program. I am a performance coach. And people probably thought I was nuts. You're one of the guys who always believed in me. But people would be like, dude, like, uh, how are you going to work with Alabama? Like, okay, good for you. Great goal. And you hear things like this from Saban, and I thought to myself, okay, how, how do I become unique? How am I not the guy sending a letter? I mean, can you imagine the letters that come to Coach Saban? And so I called some friends of mine, the Duvers here in St. Louis, and I said, I need you guys to make me a street sign. They make signs for companies all over the world, wraps and all kinds of things. And I said, Joe, make me a street sign. He says, okay, I'll make you a street sign. I said, but it's got to be big. It's got to be orange. It's got to be obnoxious. It's got to be heavy. I need a street sign. He says, okay, dude, I'll make a street sign. He says, what do you want on it? 
I said, it needs to say the best street sweeper in the world lives right here with a cute little street sweeper truck. He says, do you mind me asking who in the world are you sending this to? I said, we're making this for Nick Saban. And he literally says to me, have you lost your mind? And I said, nope. I said, he said it in a press conference. I said, make me my sign. Call me when it's ready. So two weeks later, I show up there. I had written a letter. And in the letter, I had made the world smaller. Coach Saban was the head coach at Michigan State when I was a student at Michigan State. He had no idea who I was in a you know, town of four, or a school of 45,000 kids. And so I, I had a letter that said, Coach Saban, I love that you're all about process and congratulations on this. And we were at uh, Michigan State at the same time, making the world smaller. I included a copy of one of my books and this street sign. And I just, I, I, I played the hand of, if you send a box that's the size of a street sign, Coach Saban is going to say, what in the world is in that so box? So good. So good. And sure enough, it wasn't a letter that I sent. It was the street sign. And long story short, he ended up hanging that street sign in his office for three years. Typically, and I've never shared this with anybody, typically he gets so much stuff in the mail that he'll hang stuff for one year. That's his rule. But he loved the sign so much, he kept it up for three years. And now this is my third season working with the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. So I hope from that you guys recognize I found a way to be unique to be different from the competition who's just sending a letter trying to get his attention. I genuinely had a passion for wanting to go and learn from this man. I mean, every time I, I have the opportunity to be around leaders like Nick Saban or Coach Kleiman at Kansas State, I'm like, I'm the one who's blessed here. I mean, this is iron sharpens iron. I'm, you want me to share things with your players. I, I can't believe how much I learned from you. And so, you know, be unique, challenge yourself, put your passion behind your work, and think big. You know, we're, we're, we're rolling into 2021. Think big. Don't hold back. Go for your dreams. And the people who don't support you or think you're crazy when you say, I am working with the Alabama Crimson Tide football team, you know, not to be too direct here, but, you know, am I crazy now? <laughs> so, so I just, I share that to say, like, your crazy story, like heading into 2021, go write down one, two, or three things that maybe there's only a handful of people in the world who would believe that you could do it, and then go spend a lot of time with those three people and put a lot of action behind your beliefs that you can do it. So good. <clears throat> yeah, I think, you know, people buy differences, not similarities. And I think a man or a woman who believes is believed. And I don't doubt you anymore, man, because you've, you've, Shared enough crazy shit with me that when you say something now, I'm just like, all right, he's going to go do it. I believe it. So, um, hey, the, the, my, my last uh, topic for you, the last yep. thing I want to dig into, because I think people that know you, uh, Ben, know this about you, but if I just knew you from afar, like a lot of people know you, right? They don't, they don't always get to have a conversation with you or have you on a podcast or pick up the phone and call you, but they might think, well, gosh, this guy travels all over the world and he's spending time with, with athletes and business people and he's in boardrooms and like, how does he handle travel and busyness with family? Uh, Jeff Wood said this to me the other day. He said, uh, I want to be a family man with a business, not a businessman with a family. And I know that that's true of how you feel and how you operate. So we've got a lot of uh, parents on uh, the show listening. There's a lot of folks with kids and they're married and family is important. How do you balance running a high level business with living a quality family life? So number one, I, I think it comes from believing that you can have balance. And, 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 I, and I do not mean this in any level of disrespect to anybody that coaches and speaks. 
but there, I would almost say this is a source of encouragement, feedback for them, because I care that much about the industry that's responsible for helping to influence people and build them up to believe. And I know you believe this, but far too many coaches and speakers say balance doesn't exist, work really hard, and then take time off. And a lot of times that's because that speaker or that coach has not created balance in their own lives. So because they don't feel good about that, that's what they're teaching. And I don't think that's right. What I believe we have to do is say, what sacrifices do I have to make in order to have balance and to do the things and spend the time where I want to spend time? So for me, people hear how crazy early I wake up in the morning and they're like, oh my gosh, there might be something wrong with this guy. But most people don't say, why do you get up that early? Well, the reason why I get up at 2.44 every single day is because I travel so much, my morning routine takes me about three hours from working out to reading, to putting my head in the Bible, to serving, to doing all these things that I do, that when I get to 6, 6.30 in the morning, when the pitter-patter of my kid's feet hit the floor, I'm dad, and I want to be dad. I don't want to be in the middle of a workout when my kids are getting ready for school. I'm away from the family enough. So I wake up that early, I make that sacrifice, I have a little less sleep to still do the things that are important for the business, but to be able to make breakfast for the kids, take the kids to school, and then start my day at 8.30. So I've got a good two to two and a half hours of family time. And the other sacrifice that I've made is, you know, a percentage of our revenues have now gone to expense in order to have to creatively find ways to travel that keep me home more. And so for me, if it costs me a little extra to get more time at home, I have no problem with that being part of my profit and loss statement at the end of the year that I've got a little extra expense if it means that I get more time with my family. So that's a sacrifice that I've decided to make. And so I think once again, kind of an action step for everybody, you know, don't hold back. Don't listen to the people who say there's no balance. Figure out the balanced life that you want. Attack it every single day. And if somebody's telling you you're not going to make sacrifice, they don't understand how to create balance in a, in a high-performing, you know, opportunity every day. But I think identify those areas. Where do I have to sacrifice a little bit? Where do I, I have to sacrifice the things that I want in order to be able to be there for your family for the things that are most important? Ben, my final question to you is two-part. Uh, where do people find you and what's next? But before we go there, 30 seconds or less, because I know we're short on time. What are you most proud of? What are you most proud of in life? Well, I'm a believer that we're, we're never a finished product. And, uh, you know, every day, so it's people probably think I'm nuts. You know, they hear post-game speeches and things. They're like, they just won this big game. Like, the dude, like, doesn't even want to talk about the victory. And it's, you know, for me, it's not that I don't celebrate victories, I don't enjoy them, but every day I want to be an example for others of what it looks like to show up and be your best. And the reason why I am this way is because my mother had 38 years on this earth. I'm 41 years old, almost 42 now. And for me, I've got four extra years my mom never had. So for me to not give my best for me to not make her proud. It's not about me being proud. It's about her looking down on me, giving me that extra energy, God giving me the energy that I need. So when I go to bang on those doors and those gates, you know, to ask to be welcomed in, to hug my mom again, that my mom can look and say, gosh, I'm proud of you, that, you know, you got to live until you were 89 and you did the best you could every day. And so for me, I'd say that's what I, I, I probably fight for 
is to, to make my mom proud and to be in my, an example for individuals that are in my life to hopefully give a little inspiration and for my kids. Um, and then as far as uh, staying in touch with me, you know, at Continued Fight on social media, uh, probably the probably the the best way. Instagram is where I, I'm most active. And but you know you know this about me. I never like selling products on these things or anything of that nature. So uh, but yeah, I mean at Continued Fight is probably the best. I'm sure you'll send some links. But I'm just excited that we we're able to finally do this and to be able to pour into these people. Um, that you have the blessing of spending time with, with all the great episodes and amazing things that you're doing with, with your company. Ben, you uh, are the most disciplined person I've ever known, uh, flat out. 2.44 a.m. in the morning is wake-up time. Today was 476 days of a grueling workout, 476 <laughs> days in a row. And uh, those are just two of the little things that you do day in and day out. And so what's made you unique is a bunch of normal stuff done well, long obedience in the same direction over and over and over again. Um, this year, Real Leaders listed you as one of the top 50 speakers in the world. Your Financial Advisor Academy has blown up. Uh, your work with athletes and leaders all over the globe is so impressive to me, but the most impressive thing is your friendship and the way that you've kept your authenticity in a world that tells you you're awesome and amazing and great and has given you pats on the back every single day. And so for me to you, man, I just want to say thanks for being a friend. Thanks for keeping it real. Thanks for being the same guy that I met 10 years ago and never changing. I love you, brother. I love you too, brother. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, let's keep staying in this fight together. I appreciate you more than you know. All right, man. Be well. Thanks again. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Companies podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. A sincere thank you to Ben Newman for your time your energy today, and more importantly, for your friendship and for your counsel for the better part of a decade. I love you, brother. So grateful for you and grateful to all of the many listeners who tune in to our episodes. Feel free to share this episode with someone that you love, trust, and care about. We'd love it if you'd follow our podcast. Feel free to share it on social media. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And we appreciate each and every one of you that decides to follow the show. Be well, have a great day.